the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the first part in the study series on the seven churches from Revelation. In this episode, we set the foundations. The main reading is Revelation chapter 1. to get on to the seven churches when we do but I thought well we've got to start in chapter one to get our foundation right and of course when you begin to read you think oh dear there's a lot going on in this chapter one <laughs> but we're not gonna we're just gonna maybe just overview uh, what's going on here because we get we get delve into quite a few things there uh, as we look but um, we're just gonna look at Revelation one before we get you need the foundation because great thing about it uh, the Bible says um, John is very clear these words are from the throne room of heaven. It wasn't his. Um, uh, he tells us who, who, who was the writer. He says, John, I'm the writer. And of course, there he was on Patmos, uh, like a, an Alcatraz kind of uh, island. It was a prisoner island. He was sent there. Um, uh, and uh, but this, he was an old man. He was in his 80s when he was sent there by Domitian, or Domitian, whatever you want to call him. Um, and uh, by the sound of it, it was it was a working prison. It was uh, marble mines there. I don't know how much ma- mining he did in his eighties, but um, uh, the great thing about God uses everything in our lives, isn't He? And perhaps the Lord took him there to minister to the prisoners, to those. But what He did take him there is so He could drop revelation to his heart. And uh, uh, this, the whole of the Book of Revelation, would have taken him. Taking the window of the sails, I'm sure. Uh, when Daniel, the Bible says, when Daniel received revelation, he, he was he was drained because when we really are intimate with the Lord, it, it's our physical body is not up to it because we are dealing with, with spiritual things. But uh, there's John. He's on Patmos. I've been to Patmos. It's a long time ago. I was trying to think um, before we had the kids. Thirty years, 1993. We didn't have too much time on it because we went from Costa Patmos. That's a three-hour trip one way. And we went on there, and I'm thinking, oh, it isn't a great place. I mean, it was built up. Now, obviously, they got the, of course, they got the monastery at the top, of not Typical Greek Orthodox. And this is the cave where he had the revelation. I'm not so sure about that. But, of course, uh, as you walk up there, there's, they're selling you, you know, crucifixes, icons, and all that. But I'm thinking, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, smaller than Guernsey, about 35 kilometers squared. Pretty barren, pretty rocky. And uh, that's where he is as an 80-year-old man. Oh, all the best. But he didn't, he didn't mourn and groan. He's receiving something from the Lord. And he's very clear. This is from God the Father to Jesus, isn't it? The revelation of Jesus. Jesus is bringing him, sending it to the angel. And the angel is just pouring it into him. And he not just says it's the word of the Lord. He's, he's quite clear. He says it's prophetic. It's, not, it's foretelling and foretelling. This is the prophetic word. And we've got to... That's why it's so important. When people say, oh, I'm not, I, I don't like the Old Testament. If you don't read the Old Testament, you'll have no chance of interpreting the New Testament. And certainly Revelation. They tell us, I haven't counted these, I'm going by what I read. There are over 500, 500, with the H, allusions to the Old Testament in, in, in uh, Revelation. Out of the 404 verses, 278 verses make some reference to the Old Testament. 
And if you don't know anything about the Old Testament, you, you have no clue about it. Certainly when it comes to the, the picture, and, and obviously it's, it's very pictorial, very symbol, it's a lot of symbols. And if you don't understand the Old Testament, you'll never pick it up. And of course, if you read it, you will, one thing you'll notice, sevens, dear me, umpteen sevens, seven this, seven that, seven this. Uh, sometimes literal seven, sometimes just, uh, we see right at the beginning, sevenfold spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is not seven, is he? But that's, that's a picture of completeness, perfection, seven. The first thing I noticed uh, right away from the, as I was reading, God loves to communicate. God loves to reveal. Um, sometimes, oh, what does God want? God wants to reveal. God doesn't want us to be in the dark, does he? No. Let's read some verses to show that God is the great communicator. Uh, that's what he created us for, his communication. And this book, of course, is the unveiling, revelation, apocalypse. Apocalypse, that's where we get the unveiling, uncovering. Let's read the first one in Amos. Oh, good. Good job you got a phone there because you would be flicking through him. You can flick back through him, past Amos quite quickly. Amos 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. That's a great promise, isn't it? No, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't have to reveal everything to us. And, and we must be honest, there are things that we don't understand now that only eternity will reveal. Because as we said before, we just can't receive that. We can't, because we live in time, we can't understand that. But ultimately, God doesn't want us to be in the dark. He wants to reveal and show us. He said, I will do nothing without showing. Um, how about this? Daniel 2, Daniel 2, 27, 28. Daniel, again, is looking for an answer because his life is on the line. So he's a bit, he's a bit serious, this, isn't he? Uh, Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. Sometimes God creates an issue so the, the church and the people of God can step into. And uh, maybe we've forgotten that. Um, when we look at our world, our, our society, we think, oh, look at that, look at that. You know, it's an opportunity sometimes, isn't it? An opportunity for that which is impossible, which is, you know, we think of the health service where people have to wait and wait and wait, and, and sadly, people will wait and it'll be too late for some. And that's how it is, you know, that's how it is. Um, but that creates an opportunity for the church again to recapture the miraculous work, the healing touch of heaven. See, the Bible says when the, the gospel is preached, that it will be confirmed with signs and wonders following. Now that's what the Bible says, so there's an opportunity. Will people come? Well, maybe. But certainly on our, on our walking and talking with people, we will talk to people and say, oh, not so good. Well, see, easy to say to people, isn't it? Some, some of us can be timid, but let's, let's be a little bit bolder. Well, we'll pray for you. In our church, we're going to pray for you. Now, you may not be able to witness very well, but you can certainly say to someone, we'll pray for you. And as I said before, I've never had anyone say to me, don't. Although I was talking to Nigel, one woman said to him, don't, to him. But I've never had anyone say to me, please don't. Everyone said, oh, thank you very much. Thank you for praying. And the opportunity is there, isn't it? 
and other things are going to happen in our, our society. Things are going to get be squeezed, recession, you know, and people are going to be struggling for this and that. And there's opportunity. And this is the opportunity. <laughs> the king said, I'm not going to tell you the dream. You're going to tell me the dream and the interpretation. Uh, but it was an opportunity. Why? Because God knows everything. God loves to reveal. He loves to communicate. He loves to speak to us. He loves to reveal things to us. And it's really just a way of him getting us into his presence. As I've said before, sometimes we have a burden for something or a difficulty, and God just is just using that to get us into his presence. And that's not the real issue. That's not the main issue. He just wants to be us to get into his presence. And actually, when we get into his presence, that thing we were in is we were coming to him for, actually, we see a bit more perspective, not that important anymore. And he's dealt with it, or he's going to deal with it. Um, so God is a community he loves. How about these? I, Isaiah, no. Yeah, Isaiah 46, uh, 10. Only one verse. Isaiah 46, verse 10. 9 and 10, is it gone? Yeah, I'll check another verse in there. Before, remember the former things of old, for I am God, yeah. and there is no other. Mm. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. He declares it. He tells. And thankfully, the book of Revelation tells us what's going to happen. Uh, and of course, the Bible, uh, the two, the, two of the, the books that are attacked the most or neglected the most is Genesis, because that's where we start and we get all our foundation, all our, all our understanding of who we are, why we're here and everything else. And also how the devil usurped and uh, the last chapter I was going to finish. Now the devil is going to be defeated. Yeah. And of course, no wonder the devil attacks both. And, um, uh, and if, you, if you look, read church history, some of, the, uh, some of those reformers didn't really tackle it, Revelation. Um, they, they didn't really. And of course, the trouble is then, because they didn't have a go at it, a lot of churches have neglected it and pushed it aside. Um, but it is God speaking, God, and straight away, the wonderful thing about God's word, and, and this is a real, I suppose, a specific blessing, but it's a blessing as we'll see right through God's word, but a specific blessing to this book, verse 3, blessed is the one who reads the words of these prophecy, and blessed is the one, those who hear it, and take to heart what is written, because the end is near. So it's, there's a blessing in reading, well, of course, the blessing reading God's word, anyway. But this specific, specific, not Pacific, it's an ocean. Specific book is a blessing to read and to apply and to heed. He says the same thing in the last book, Revelation twenty-two. Blessed are those you take heed to this. But there's a very, very severe warning as well in Revelation twenty-two. At the end, he says, "Don't be careful now. Don't add and don't take away, because <laughs> if you do." It's pretty severe. Now that just not goes just for this book. It goes for the Word of God in totality, isn't it? Don't add to it. Uh, don't add my interpretation to it. Neither take away from it what it says. Now, as we've said before, there are many things in God's Word. We think, oh Lord, I wish, I wish I could. Ooh. We maneuver that a little bit and change that a bit. But it's God's Word, and He says, be careful. Don't add and don't take. Uh, but it is blessing, bless the Lord, in hearing, reading, and heeding God's word. How about these uh, verses? Uh, Luke 11, 27, 31, I think. And it happened as he spoke these things, that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, 
Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But he said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessing of hearing and keeping. And again, this particular blessing in Revelation 3, uh, there's, there's other blessings in Revelation. How many, how, many, how, many, how many blessings do you think are in Revelation? Give you a guess. 50. Oh, what did I say at the beginning, at the start? More than 50. <laughs> seven. Seven blessings. Seven. Seven. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a bit of homework for you to find the other blessings. Because blessing of God, the favour of God, isn't it? That's what we're looking for. That's what God wants to give us. So the blessing. Um, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 1 and 2. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the Lord, uh, the law, sorry, of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. Blessing. Blessed are those who hear and obey God's word. And uh, that's a blessing that he said. Um, and then, of course, John in introduces himself. He's the writer. He tells us, and he's telling us who he's writing to seven churches and of course then John has given us um, just a little bit of uh, background of where this is from the grace of the Father of course he introduces the, the Trinity again people say oh, what about the Trinity well there he is grace and peace to, from who is and who was and who is to come Father and the sevenfold spirit before the throne again that picture if you don't understand the Old Testament you'll think well what on earth is you read isn't it seven spirits what's that about of course, it's the sevenfold complete. And if you, you've got to go back in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 11, you might want to write that down and underline that. That's where we find the sevenfold, seven descriptions and the, and the characteristics of, of the Holy Spirit. And from Jesus, uh, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. And again, he, he's, he's revealing what he knows about Jesus. Remember John? He's the beloved, isn't he? Uh, he's the one who... who Jesus really loved, and of course, he's the only one who was martyred. Um, he was he was an old man here, and this was his revelation. This is what he knew of Jesus, and of course, thankfully, he was going to get another revelation of who he was in the middle because he didn't really recognize this Jesus when he turned up because he was so different from <laughs> the earthly Jesus because he was being now glorified, isn't he? But this is who he says he was, and he says, uh, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's, he's uh, amazing. Jesus, he's sovereign. He's awesome. He's, he's, he's the conqueror of sin and Satan and death and hell. And then he says, this is who he is. This is what he's done. Him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood. And he's made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve God the Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. He's getting excited, isn't he? Um, see, when we get into the presence of the Lord, we realize um, we realize who he is. We realize who we are in him. Bless the Lord. Now, he's going to have a fresh revelation in a minute that he's still, he's still needing a bit of work. It's still a sin. But that's a wonderful place to be, isn't it? Realizing who Jesus is and that we are a kingdom and priests. 1 Peter 2 says what? You were, this is, you, you, you weren't a people, but now you are a people, but you are a royal priesthood. What did he say? Um, royal priesthood, um, holy nation, people belonging to God, people belonging to God. That's who we are in him. Bless the Lord. And of course, ultimately, as we said before so many times, uh, because of his blood. Let's read those verses. Uh, Hebrews 9, 11 to 15. 
But Christ being come as high priest of those things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by the blood of his own, sorry, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and of ashes of the heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from the dead, works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death or the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So it's, it's what it, John is just revealing the gospel, who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's performed, and it's because of the blood. It's because of the blood we've been set free. We, our consciences are clear. Uh, if it's applied, of course, if it's not applied, if it's not confessed, not received, we still got a guilty conscience, but it will be applied and it can be applied. And then, of course, then he says, uh, we are looking. Um, verse 7, we're looking. He's coming again. Every eye will see him. And uh, that's the complete gospel, isn't it? Uh, Saviour, uh, baptizer, healer, coming king. That's the four square uh, gospel. And then interjecting this, uh, the Lord speaks. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Bless the Lord, who was and is and is to come, the Almighty. And again, uh, he is just, I'm sure, standing in awe that he's, he's the beginning and the end. He's the starter and he'll be the finisher of creation and everything else. Bless the Lord. And uh, who was and is and is to come. Um, of course, someone said, of course, he is outside of time. But on the other hand, time is inside him. Bless the Lord. He said, Dave, don't double talk, but that's how awesome God is, isn't he? Yeah, that's how awesome God is. And he's almighty. He's the ruler of all. He holds all things together. That particular word almighty, uh, ten times it's used, nine times in the book of Revelation. He's trying to tell us something, that when he is going to finish it, he'll finish it in his way, in his time. He's almighty. Man can say this and... And uh, what does the Bible say? He laughs at them, doesn't he? When they're proud and they, they, they rail against God. Dear, dear, Lord, and in a moment they're gone. Uh, he is almighty. He's got it all under hand, all under control. And there is no other. Bless the Lord. Isaiah 43, 10 to 13. <clears throat> Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Saviour. I have declared and I have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? None like him. No other God but him. Um, of course, depending on who you talk to, they'll say there's other gods. You talk to Mormons and there's this God, the God, the God, the God, the God. And they don't know where they go, actually, some of them. Um, there is only one God. And he tells us, there is no other. Bless those great verses to use for them. Um, Isaiah 45. 
Isaiah 45, 5 to 7. I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring <coughs> prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, will be still. I am the Lord, there is no other. That's the Lord. There is only one, isn't it? There is only one. And he's declaring that and he's telling us that. Thankfully, the Bible tells us he's the Alpha and the Omega. And then Jesus comes and says, I am the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. What's he telling us? Again, Trinity. Jesus is, is, is all, almighty. He is divine. Um, and then John, again, in between all these things, the Lord is speaking. He, he, he puts in that he's there. He's on Patmos because he's, he's a... He's a persecuted Christian. He's an old man. I'm thinking, you probably saying, why am I here? But he's here for a purpose. And everything's for a purpose. And God's dropping a revelation. And then he says, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. Bless the Lord. Help us to be in the spirit on every day, especially the Lord's day. Um, and uh, because he, he's a man who, who's spent time with the Lord. He's spending time with the Lord. And he's walking in the spirit. And as he's walking in the spirit, he says, he hears the voice of the Lord. That's one of the things you know if you walk in the Spirit, you hear the voice of God. Bless the Lord. If you're not walking in the Spirit, the voice of the Lord is pretty dim, pretty dim. Now, he will shout sometimes. Thank the Lord for that. He's merciful. But he doesn't want to shout. He wants to be able to speak to us in, in a normal voice so we can hear him. We can hear his voice and uh, filter out uh, all those others. I, again, if we pick things up on YouTube and that, and I might show it sometime, and it was a group it was funny, but it wasn't. It was a chap, and he was um, uh, got on a plane, him and his mate, with this chap. And he said, oh, I'll take you, he said, on a plane from um, Alaska. They had a tr proper plane ticket. He said, no, you can save that. I'll take you in my plane. And he said, as they were going up, he said, I forgot to tell you, when I hit clouds, I faint. He said, you what? <laughs> True story. And they get up to the clouds, and this guy faints. He's the pilot. He's fainting. And these guys thinking, and the guy behind him says, we're going to die. And he said, it's a pretty good chance of that, he said. But he, he, they start saying, hello, hello. And, he, and they said they didn't know any, any radio vocabulary. <coughs> and so they eventually got in touch with the, um, the tower uh, in Anchorage. And they said, he said, now you listen to me. He said, if you listen to me and obey my voice, he said, you'll be safe. He said, if you look at the storm, if you, take your, if you listen to anything else, you'll die. Listen to my voice. It's a beautiful story. And he, he, he brought it through to say, look, listen to the Lord's voice. Any, many other voices, don't listen to them. Listen to the voice of the Lord. And uh, he's listening to the voice of the Lord. And at this moment, it's like a trumpet. It's clear. It's piercing. There's no, and of course, again, if, if you know anything about the Old Testament, but the trumpets, remember the two silver trumpets in the Old Testament? For, for calling, for uh, getting people's attention, for, for uh, marching and for stopping. And goodness knows, lots of things, that, the trumpet, but it was for, to listen to the command of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. And the Lord tells him very clearly, now I want you to write. I want you to send messages to these seven churches. And as we go through the seven churches, we'll, we'll see they are real churches, of course. Uh, but there's something deeper going on there, isn't it? There's deeper, there's, there's, there's prophetic, historical churches, but also some would say that they, they, they show a complete picture of the church and those issues that they have, you'll find and we'll see the issues they have, 
you will see in today's and, and the whole of them, that's why they were chosen and we'll, we'll delve into that. But then he turns, the Bible says, and he sees the voice who was speaking to him. And uh, as I turned, I saw the seven lampstands, bless the Lord, and the Lord standing in the middle. And I love that. Straight away, the Lord is interested. The Lord is invested. Uh, the Lord is um, uh, imminent. We use that word, do we? He's right there and uh, he's intimate. Because it's his church. Isn't it? Sometimes, oh, we think it's, no, no, if, it's, if everything is our church, we're in trouble, aren't we? <laughs> and, uh, and that is his church. And when it's his church, he will look after it. He will build his church, he said. He will protect his church. He will provide for it. Because it's his church. Where his body, his bride, is building and, and so on and so on. But I love that. He's, he's turning around. He sees the lamps up, But he sees one like the Son of Man. Remember, he, he knew Jesus. He was intimate. But he was, he was like, who's this? Um, and his picture was of the Son of Man. And the, the, the description he gives was the description that Daniel gave. Again, the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 7. You'll see the Son of Man described, and he's describing him like this. And, and the description is showing his, his wisdom, his uh, purity, his glory. The Bible says his white robe, his white hair, the wisdom. What does um, Proverbs say? Uh, white hair is a crown of wisdom. There are ladies. So let it go gray. It doesn't, it doesn't mean wisdom will come with the gray hair, mind, but it should do. It should do, bless the Lord. Wisdom and power and authority, but he's right there and he's clothed in those priestly garments. Bless the Lord. He is a high priest, isn't he? He's our high priest. And the Bible says, no, he's not seen Jesus like this before, is he? Uh, now his eyes are, are flaming with fire. Oh, Lord, his eyes are piercing. He sees right into the heart. Well, it's a little bit, he's, he's come with authority and um, uh, d with judgment and righteousness as well. And uh, again, these pictorial, these, these pictures we see, and out of his mouth comes uh, a sword, a double-edged sword. Now, there's a, different, there's a different sword to the one we read in Hebrews, where it's, it's, the, the one in Hebrews is a smaller sword, one that's uh, more... Um, Accurate in a sense, piercing and and chopped. But the Bible says the word of God is piercing. This is this is a big sword coming out, double edged, double edged. And um, uh, what was it? What was it said? Um, uh, Spurgeon. Um, he said uh, that double edge. He said is all edge. It's all edge. So it's clear. It's cutting. It's 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 uh, concise. It's cleansing. There's no blunt end to his, his, his sword. When he speaks, his clarity is clear and it's sharp. Um, and so his, ear, his hair is white, his eyes are flaming fire, his, his feet are burnished bronze. Again, we understand, again, Old Testament, you've got to know the Old Testament. Bronze, brass dealt with uh, solidity and judgment. Remember, the altar was of brass and there was judgment, there was sacrifice there. And that's, again, all these pictures pointing to who Jesus And now, he'd never seen Jesus like this, had he? He knew Jesus intimately. Remember, he was the one who, who Jesus loved. He was the one who put his head upon the, or the breast of Jesus. But now he was having a fresh revelation. And thankfully, Jesus is like that for us. We, begin, we know him, yet we don't know him. It's like, us, it's like husbands and wives. I know my wife, yet sometimes I don't think I know her. 
didn't it? 30 years later. How much more the Lord? He's, he's infinite. And, and he reveals more of his wonder and his splendor. And he's getting caught up. And he, he, he's just overcome. He's writing down all this revelation because he wants to know. The church wants to know who, he's, who, who, who the message is from, isn't it? Because if I give a message, oh, well, Dave, give a message. But if it's from the Lord, it's, it's his coming from the throne room to John. And John is saying, look, it's from Jesus and the Father. And it's coming to you. You must remember who this is from. And uh, he, he's, he's out of his mouth. And sharp, his face is, is, is brilliant like the sunshine. Bless the Lord. And then he says his voice is like the sound of rushing waters. Remember this, the voice is like a clear trumpet. Sometimes it needs to be clear and precise. Sometimes it just needs to be like the sound of waters overwhelming us. Sometimes we need that, don't we? We need to know that when God asks us to do something, and we have, we're not sure. God says, let me just make sure you know clearly. And it's like the, the, the sound. And, and when, the, when we're at the seaside and, and the, it's, the, the waters are rushing, you can't do anything else. And uh, he, he tuned into that. And I love that the voice of the Lord. How about Psalm 29? Psalm 29. Um, is it from 3 to three to 8 or something? The voice of the Lord is over the waters. Mm. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Yeah. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Mm -hmm. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bay, and in his temple all cry, Glory. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful psalm. The voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord. And uh, he, he just tuned in, and it was overwhelming him, overwhelming him, uh, the voice. So this was a, a greater revelation, and he'd never seen Jesus like this. Now, remember, he'd seen a glimpse of the glory of the Lord because he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, remember? And the glory of the Lord burst through. But now, of course, he is glorified. Jesus is in heaven. He's glorified now, and he's just standing in awe of him. And uh, we see his majesty and his holiness and his authority and his glory and his righteousness and then we have a lovely picture of his right hand and he's holding those seven stars which again people have argued who are they leaders messengers angels it doesn't really matter jesus is holding them uh, and his right hand again a description of his authority his strength his uh, ability secure in his hand hallelujah the blessing of the right hand of the father uh, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand, with, with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. Yes. God's right hand talking about his strength, his ability, his righteousness, his authority. Hallelujah. And he says, look, these servants are, these churches, these leaders, these angels, the, 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 all these representatives, I hold them. I hold them. And the wonderful thing when he's standing in the middle of these churches, he's holding them. And he, he so we look at the churches, some of the churches were in real estate, weren't they? 
in a real sea, but we thank the Lord that God is still interested. God is still right there. If we will listen to him, of course, he gives them warnings and, and, and corrections, but he's still there, knowing full well what they like. He's holding them. He, he is uh, the awesome one. He's the awesome one. And uh, he's shining and brilliant. And he is, uh, what, what can he do? John the Beloved falls at his feet as though dead. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. What else could he do? He's, he's seeing Jesus in all his majesty and his glory and he falls down dead. Um, again, Spurgeon says this. What a blessed position to be in. Does the death alarm you? We are never so much alive as when we are dead at his feet. Hallelujah. <laughs> what a place to be at the feet of the Lord. Feet of the glorified Lord. No better place to be. And we see, see again, not just the, the awesome God, the cleaning God, the, the champion, bless the Lord, the chief. He's the, he's the compassionate one. He's the comforter, isn't he? What does he say? He puts his right hand on him, that powerful right hand. And he says, now come on, be not afraid. Hallelujah. Do not be afraid. When we're in his presence, when we're before him, bowed at his feet, bless the Lord. Uh, the, the, the comfort of the Lord, the grace of the Lord comes. Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> Psalm 27. Psalm 27, 1 to 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Yeah. Do not be afraid, Jesus said. Believe. Believe. David, psalmist, right through the Old Testament. What do I do when I'm afraid? I call on the Lord. Put my trust in him. I remember we, about two years ago, I preached on fear. And uh, what did we say? Tup. Like we're tup, don't we? Trust him. Bless the Lord. Get into his word and pray. When I am afraid... David said, I prayed and you delivered me from all my fears. Bless the Lord. Do not be afraid, he said. Uh, why? Why should you not be afraid? This is why he said I should not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Hallelujah. That's why we're not afraid. Because he's in control and we're in his hand. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. What are we to be afraid of? Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 58. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and movable, always abounding in work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Bless the Lord. That's what Jesus did. He said he defeated death and hell and he has the keys. He always had the keys. But he's, got, he's got the keys. Nothing. Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, is your victory? Bless the Lord. That's why our prayer, even as we come up to the, the, uh, the funeral on Monday of uh, the Queen, Lord, let the gospel be preached. Let the gospel be read. Hallelujah. 
because it's God's word in there. When the word is read, he can take the word and pierce many hearts. And that's our, our prayer. Thanks be to God that tonight. Again, a lot of things going on there, but Jesus, hallelujah. When we see who he is, what he's done, oh, we're at his feet. Bless the Lord. And his right hand comes, don't worry. I'm in control. I'm in charge. I'm sovereign. I'm, I'm, I'm all in all. And then, of course, he, he describes who the, who the last two verses. Make sure you write this down now, John. I'm going to tell you. They're going to, well, did they listen? That's a good question. We'll wait and see. Bless the Lord. But God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.